take some time. Chris Guillebeau does something that I love. And I started doing this back in 2000, and I think 11. And he does this thing called the annual review. And he goes back and he looks at his goals and he breaks down, hey, did I accomplish this? Did I not accomplish this? And the reason why, you know, he kind of just does this really, this analysis of the last past 12 months. Was he able to hit his goals, things that he was looking forward to, things that he didn't do? And I think it's extremely important for us to take time to be aware of the things that we accomplished accomplished and where we want to be. One, because you're grateful for what you've accomplished, which a lot of times we often overlook because we're always working so hard and we don't take the time to pat ourselves on the back. And two, it gives you a roadmap for where you want to be going into 2015, which is going to be a huge year. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Normally, we have a co-host, and that is typically Kamanzi Constable from KamanziConstable.com. He's out today. Unfortunately, his grandfather passed away this week, and uh, yeah, that's not been a good situation for him and his family, and that's unfortunate. Uh, but that said, you know, we're still excited because today I get to chat with my man Vernon T. Foster, the second. What's up? <laughs> he's at he's at Vernon Foster on Twitter. And Vernon has actually been on the show before. He co-hosted when we had a chat with Francis Biondi from uh, MasterChef. I did. So, uh, Vernon, you're an event dude. You got a killer podcast over at Event Supremacy, and uh, you are the chief podcasting officer at Pod Parrot. We're going to talk about some of this stuff today. Uh, you got a few things going on. You got the stock shop, and then you're the co-founder of Alliance Events. You love to speak and educate and travel and philosophize and a connoisseur of reasonable cigars so on and so forth and uh, dude you are dressed to a t in your twitter image for anybody who hasn't seen you on twitter man when they see you they're gonna be like dude this guy's big pimping so vernon welcome back to the show thanks jared thanks for having me man uh, it's always a pleasure to hang out with you and and kick it man so thanks for having me on the show i'm honored <laughs> so vernon you're an event guy that, that is no secret and you know this is coming what's the best concert that you've ever been to the best concert ah man that's hard because I'm like a huge music guy and conference wise, like I do a lot of events. I'd have to say Grizz. It was a show that we did this year. One of my other companies, Alliance Events, it was uh, Grizz. We were one of the first people to bring him to Orlando. He plays a saxophone with like uh, and does like a live electronic set with like a sax in the back. So it's it's kind of like that cutting edge. It's electronic, but at the same time, it still has the live music feel to it. It's very jazzy, very funky. And I'd have to say that was probably my favorite show this year. All right. So for someone who hasn't heard of Grizz, they could just go on YouTube or Spotify and look up Grizz. How, how do you spell that? And then what, what do they want to look up? G-R-I-Z. And uh, okay. he actually just put out a new, depending on when this episode launches, he actually just put out a, a new, he's coming out with a new album, but he came out with a new single called A Fine Way to Dine. And cool. uh, they, Well, this, this episode will come out right before Christmas. So does he have a Christmas album? <laughs> that'll that'll be their early Christmas present. <laughs> <laughs> so they do have one. Well, his single's out. It's up on a SoundCloud for free. So they can. his album doesn't drop until the spring. Of- oh, no worries. Okay. Well, that's pretty sweet. Vernon, you mentioned Alliance Events. So why don't we just start right there? For those who don't know you and don't know all the amazing things that are going on, let's start with Alliance Events. What's that about? Well, that was a company that I launched going on four years now that I launched with three partners of mine. We wanted to do, we're all kind of music fans and DJs. I've been DJing for 10 years. A lot of people don't know that. I don't do much of it now, but the idea was to create a company to kind of 
boost up the music scene here in Orlando because there wasn't a lot of electronic shows. There wasn't a core base of music and events going on. And we wanted to be the people to do that, to spearhead it. So we got together. We mastermind on kind of an idea of how we could do it. We started this night called Ignition at a very popular club that has a long history of in the dance music scene at Firestone Live. And we did a party there for three years, man. We started out with nothing and we built it up to, at its peak, we we're doing like 1,200 people every week. <laughs> wow. It's kind of crazy. And then we got into the point where we started bringing in headliners. We've had people like Paul Van Dyke all the way to, you know, guys like Grizz. So the music spectrum is very vast and we're just, we're blessed with the opportunity to be able to work there and, and grow our company. Since then, we've grown our company. We have two tours coming up next year. The guy Hordor from Game of Thrones. I don't know if you watch mm-hmm. that show. Do you watch that, Jared? I personally don't watch it, but I am familiar with it because I've been to Supercon and different things like that. So I, I know about it. I just don't watch it. He's one of the main guys, Hordor, and he's a DJ. Yeah. Christian Dior is his name. So we have a, we're doing bigger stuff now. So we're not doing weekly events in terms of the music stuff. We've scaled it up to do full scale tours. So we're doing a tour with Hordor. It's called Rave of Thrones. And uh, it's like a four or five city tour. And then we're also doing Keys and Crates right after that in January. So it's nice. been a, it's been fun, man. It's been great growing a company from nothing. I mean, we've done over 100 live events. You know, we've built our brand. People know who we are and, and we've got the experience under our belt. And that transitioned. I kind of took that and the information I learned and kind of transitioned that into the business world because events are events are events, right? It's all the same thing. And it's about getting people through the door and butts and seats. And and I've been able to do that with the podcast and consulting on different events. And so, yeah, it's been fun, man. So, Vernon, you've got an outstanding podcast called Event Supremacy. It's, what, 70 plus episodes at this point or, or right around that neighborhood. That's and you you basically have laid out the framework, created the map for anybody who wants to create their own event. Here's some tools. Here's some strategies. Here's some best practices. So let's talk about what compelled you to start the Event Supremacy podcast. And let's just, uh, yeah, let's focus on that for a little bit, because I think that is the only podcast that I'm familiar with that kind of really focuses on how to do it. Yeah, there was, uh, I originally started podcasting back in 2013, actually. I had a podcast called Live by the Beat, and it was an epic failure. <laughs> I didn't have a monetization component. It really, it was video, so it was really hard to go back and edit, you know, as you guys know. So Event Supremacy, it filled a void, right? There was a void. There was a lot of, there was two podcasts that I saw out there that were talking about events, but it was mainly on like the corporate tip of, you know, like kind of the boring business stodgy conferences, like not to say that they don't have their place and they do and they're great podcasts, but I didn't see anything that was like edgy for the entrepreneurs, for, you know, people that are doing these masterminds, like traffic and conversions, like podcast movement. There wasn't anybody really giving people a platform to understand what it takes to put on live events and also really stressing the importance of a live event, especially when you have an online business. When you can't connect with people in person, it's different. So when you get them in a live event, I have this acronym, it's called ACT. There's three things that happen. You have the ability to position yourself as authority, build a community and create transformations in people's lives. And when you can do all three of those things, I mean, you, your business is good. We're going to have a lot of business, right? Because People are, are going to always support what you do and you're going to have a community and they're always going to be grateful for what you've done in their lives, that transformation that you created. And 
you guys did this with podcast movement, so you know it all too well, my man. I do, Vernon. I, I've seen the power of events. I mean, I've actually attended events and knew, man, that these events are the greatest thing in the world to go and network, to go, you know, just connect with other like-minded people, to be encouraged, to learn. Absolutely. And then, you know, and, and then the process of actually putting on our own was just eye-opening. I mean, Vernon, a year ago-ish, I mean, I just had a podcast and almost nobody cared. And then we did podcast movement. We were very fortunate to have some success with that. And that changed the game. Yeah. It really changed the game. It, yeah. it, it all of a sudden now people look at me differently. I'm still the same person, but there's uh, you know there's a, a different level now that's been introduced simply from having a, a moderately successful event. Uh, well, let's say moderate. I mean, it was pretty successful. It was. So. You guys did a phenomenal <laughs> job, and I'm not just saying that because I'm your friend and and I love you guys. But like I was, I mean, I was blown away by first year conference. You guys definitely had it together, man. Well, so let's talk about events deeper because for someone who's listening right now and they're, they're that business owner or there's somebody and saying, hey, I recognize that having an event could, you know, grow my influence. It could help me to, you know, do the things that you were just talking about, transform lives and, you know, grow my own influence, whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's ideas of, okay, well, putting on an event, isn't that really expensive? I don't have experience with that. So what do you say to the person who comes to you, Vernon, and says, I, I don't have the money to put on an event? I mean, isn't that expensive? I tell them this, if you feel like you don't have the money and you're scared, start small. I mean, you got to set your fear aside. You know, you got to look at the end goal is, you know, what are your goals? That's what I'll tell them at first. Like, is your goal to throw this huge event and make a lot of money? You need to reevaluate what it is that you're trying to get out of it. Are you trying to build a community around yourself? Like podcast movement was more to, and I keep going back to that because that's a, you know, that's a relevant example. It was to kind of solidify this community and correct me if I'm wrong here, but podcasting was, uh, it was kind of big back in its day. Like it's only about 10 years old, 11 years old, I think now, but there wasn't really an event that brought everyone together as a community, as a whole, where people could learn and get educated by influencers in the podcasting space. So that's what it was for, right? Was that not the goal or one of the goals? Yeah, I think it was just podcasters wanted and their own event. Yeah, and there wasn't. We there wasn't worked a, hard to create it. Yeah, there wasn't a go-to podcast event. So you guys built that. So for the person out there who wants to, you know, start their own event, you know, what are your goals? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to put out a book? Are you trying to leverage yourself? Are you trying to become an authority in your own space? You can start small. I mean, you can do a local meetup. You can get on Meetup. I think it's like thirty bucks or something a year. Start a little meetup. Start small. Start getting the word out there. Print up some flyers. Don't be shy. Go around and hand them out. You can start speaking. I mean, speaking's huge, obviously. You can start a podcast. I mean, there's there's just so many ways to do it where you don't have to put, you know, don't have to mortgage your house <laughs> in order to be successful. You know, start small. If you have uh, some partners, I'd recommend getting a team together because it's definitely not something that uh, if you're going to do it on a larger scale that you want to be doing on your own, you're going to have to outsource some stuff or you're going to have to have a team involved and uh, stick to the vision, man. I mean, it may take a year, it may take five years, it may take 10 years, but if you stick to the vision, it's, it has the ability to give you something that no one else will have. Like if you're the only guy doing a podcasting event or if you're the only, if you're the first to market and you're the only one doing a, a YouTube focused event, how to become, you know, a badass on YouTube, how much more is that going to put you ahead of everybody else that's in your space? Like it's huge. 
No, no doubt. Okay. So for the person who's thinking, okay, I want to do an event. You've sold me on this idea of doing an event, but my fear is that how am I going to get people to actually come? <laughs> so, I mean, let's talk about that. How do you, I mean, you mentioned flyers and stuff. Is it realistic, you know, for some people to go out and pass out flyers maybe, but let's talk about different strategies people could use if they're new and they're trying to get the word out. I always kind of go back to the basics. A lot of the events that we did in live music, I mean, it was flying on the streets. It was spreading the words. It was getting local influencers involved. If you can get certain key people involved to talk about your event, to speak at your event, that's always a great way. Building an email list. A lot of people may not be familiar with email marketing, but you know, you can go to AWeber, you can go to Constant Contact. A lot of these places have resources where you can really dig in and see what it takes to build an email list. I'd set up, you know, go to namecheap.com, get a domain, set up an email autoresponder list with Constant Contact or AWeber, and you can start driving traffic to an event sales page. And you don't have to have the, you know, the actual buy button up just yet. You can just have information. It'd be cool to put together maybe a little video talking about what it is that you're going to do. There's this really cool event in Fargo called uh, the Misfits or Misfits. And they really took the time to encapsulate what their event was all about in this like one minute and 45 second promo video. And people go to this landing page and they see that they're like, man, I want to be a part of that. And they'll give you their email. And then you continue to market throughout the year to them. The other thing, like I said earlier, is to, we call this a uh, event prototyping. So if you may not know, like uh, it's just like any business, if you're going to start, you want to make sure that there's a demand. You guys did this really well with Kickstarter. You put a Kickstarter out there and put the link out, put the word out, got influencers involved. There's influencers that were speaking like Sharini and all these other big guys. And people were like, hey, I want to buy into this. I was actually one of the people who I didn't even know you guys then. I didn't even know you then. And I was like, hey, this is badass, dude. Like, I want to be a part of this. This is a movement. So you can, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can start, but start small, prototype it and, you know, use something like meetup.com and create a little, you know, pay that 30 bucks a year versus paying $200,000, you know, and having your ass on the line. It's cheaper to, you know, pay that 30 bucks and just to put the word out there, get local influencers involved and see if people are feeling it. If they're not, then maybe it's not a good idea. If they are, then you can scale it up. All right, Vernon. So one of the ladies we just had on the show recently, her name is Abby Unger. She just wrote a book about how to make money with Facebook groups. And let's pretend that Abby's like, you know what? I've got enough sales in this book. I've got enough people talking to me. Obviously, she had a proof of concept to write it. Now she wants to do a one-day event in her city. Okay. Now, what advice would you give to that person who wants to do that one-day event? All right. We know that you could put up a meetup page, but now we're ready for an actual event. And we'll say it's 100 people. So what are you saying? Okay, yeah, easy. Just use Eventbrite. You know, what would you say to someone over coffee who's wanting to do that one day event for 50 to 100 people? Scout out locations and, you know, see what's feasible for your budget. I mean, well, before that, have a budget because <laughs> you're right. going to need a budget. Scout out. So you got to be able to get a secure location. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can look at for 100 people. I mean, you can do something like a, a hotel conference room. You can find like uh, something that Chris Gillibo does really well. And this may be on a little bit of a larger scale, but he uses a theater. I think it's uh, Portland. Portland. Portland, yeah. yeah. 
if you're trying to go like the creative angle, I think Sharini does that too. He uses like non-traditional business venues, but you could also, you know, see if you could, I mean, if it's something that you don't have a lot of money for, maybe you can talk to the local library. I know here we have this huge facility, the Melrose facility in downtown Orlando, and they actually rent out smaller rooms for, you know, 150 people. And it's very cheap because it's, you know, it's through the city because it's a public library. You can, I mean, there's really a couple angles that you can take. I mean, you can look for a community center that's also, you know, a public space. And um, yeah, you can start there. It's really not that hard. Typically, you're going to have to pay a deposit up front. They're going to want to see that you have some skin in the game and that you're serious. And then uh, you're going to also, at that point, you'll want to start looking for AV and lighting and getting quotes. I recommend if you can, going outside of the hotel because it's usually more expensive if you're using the people that they have on site. No, that's totally true. Okay. Is there like a website where people can go to look for event spaces that you're familiar with? There was one that I saw. I can't remember off the top of my head. Let me see if I can find it really quick. Event, event, in the meantime, event, why- event Up. You can check out Event Up. That's one they have. Event Atlanta, up. Denver, San Francisco. They have like more of the major markets. But if you're in like a smaller market, uh, you can just Google around. Just Google Event Space, your city. Event Space, Orlando, Event Space, Sanford, you know, if you're in a smaller town. The bigger cities are going to be easier because there's obviously bigger space and then there's more competition. San Diego, Vegas, Orlando are usually, you know, great spots. Also Dallas too, just because strategically where they are in the part of the country and the kind of the ambiance that they put off. Oh, that's cool. Eventup.com. Okay. And if for some reason Eventup doesn't cover the listener's area, then they could like take your advice, you know, start looking around at a local library, look around at a local hotel. One strategy I'd love to hear your opinion on is maybe look at what other groups are doing. If you have a WordPress community or Toastmasters or something, where do they have their meetings? Yeah, Toastmasters, I know I know you're in it for a while, Jared, and so is I. They use like a community facility. So, I mean, that's and it's a really reduced rate. I mean, I think they pay, it has to be less than 100 bucks, you know. Right. So, but that could be a clue is where some of these other groups are meeting. And if you can find out where they're meeting, it, that might be a reasonable spot to have your event as well. Another idea, Jared, I just popped in my head. If there's startups wherever you're at, and in creative spaces like photography studios and stuff like that, you can definitely look into that. And it gives it a different ambiance. It gives it a different feel. You know, it's not just a boring corporate stodgy business event. You know, if you're trying to create something edgy and, and maybe that's not a hundred person event, maybe that's something that's smaller that you're trying to scale up like Misfits or something. Well, Creative Live, if anybody ever watches a Creative Live, it is. It's just like a little studio mm-hmm. and people are just sitting around little stage, basically. Mm-hmm. There's these guys out in uh, in Las Vegas. They do a podcast. Their company is called Ticket Cake, but they do like the Vegas startup show or something like that. They actually do it in their apartment. <laughs> they invite <laughs> everybody over, and it's it's really cool though. It's you know it's we did something here recently with smaller events, and uh, I think I'm going to be doing more of this. We're calling it like event segmentation. It's like you're taking like a specific concept and just really niching it down and charging a higher ticket price. So for the uh, the last event that we did, it was basically on, you know, funnels, just how to build your funnel, how to set it up with the lead magnet, capture page, all the way through the back end with the autoresponder and continuity. Right. And we charged $4,000 a ticket. Wow. Yeah. 
but you don't need, you know, 700 people. And you're, no, you're, you don't need that many at all if you can charge that and price. And your costs are lower too, right? Because, you know, you're only having uh, to rent a small boardroom. I think some people are listening be like, you know, I'm not in a position to ask someone for $4,000 for a one-day event, but maybe you could yeah, be. Yeah, maybe you could be. It's the right focus. If you're yeah. an expert, I'm like the, what was the, the woman that you mentioned earlier? I'm sorry. Yeah, Abby is, you know, by a lot of people's opinion, she's an expert on Facebook groups. She's got a group with over 10,000 flight attendants. And some of the things she's learned from those conversations in that Facebook group has compelled her to write this book about, you know, how she actually monetizes the Facebook group. And she wrote a book, How to Make Money on Facebook Groups. And it's out on Amazon now. And, and I'm thinking, shoot, this is something she could totally do. Yeah. Is, she, she has enough social proof, dude. Like she can rock it. Like she can crush it. And yeah. even, even if she gets seven people and she charges them grand, she's it's still $7,000 and she doesn't have to have this crazy AV and lighting. Those people are going to have so much more of a better experience because it's not like 3,000 people in the room. They're going to love her. They're going to buy all of her stuff. They're going to be like, talk about it for the rest of their lives. You know, it's, it's uh, event segmentation, just like really micro events, micro masterminds. Well, I, I saw Cliff Ravenscraft. He did a mastermind event one day before podcast movement this last year, and he charged $1,000 a person. It was intended for a smaller group. He ended up having like six people yeah. come to that. And so that was, you know, six grand that he made in one day. And it, I mean, you think about that. I mean, he basically piggybacked off another event. And in some cases, that might not be kosher with the, <laughs> the bigger events, depending on uh, who you're in business with. Or unless who you you're connecting them, with. Unless you, I mean, you could say, hey, I'll give you guys a percentage, you know. All right, well, Cliff didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Conveniently. But no, I, I do think that's a reasonable strategy is if you know a lot of people are going to be at a certain event, a certain industry event, and uh, let's just pick on Orlando. Let's say Orlando, if there's, you know, some kind of Facebook conference there, Abby could come and do a one-day yeah. workshop. And that's huge because those people are already there. They're super, like, stoked about Facebook. So yeah, I think she could crush it, man. All right. So Vernon, let's talk about ticketing platform. Most people may have heard of Eventbrite. Do you recommend Eventbrite? What are some alternatives to Eventbrite? Eventbrite I use, I think they have a really clean system. At first I was kind of standoffish to them because it's kind of grown. Like I like like smaller companies. I've always been a fan of the underdog, the mom and the pop, but you can't deny that Eventbrite is good. I don't like their sales pages. Ticket Leap is also another option. They have really clean sales pages and it's very simple. It's kind of has that modern like feel to it. You can add video and stuff like that. Also, there's Eventbrite, there's Ticket Leap, and then there's um, another company that I actually used. They used to like uh, have a relationship with me in terms of uh, we worked out a deal for them to monetize my podcast. But at the time, I, it's like slipping my can't think of it at this moment. I mean, you've got, we mentioned this earlier, you've got the Event Supremacy Podcast. So let's talk about that for a minute. I mean, we talked about why you started it. What is some of the better advice you've gotten from 70 plus episodes of Event Supremacy? Oh, wow, man. It's really been cool to to have these people on my, I mean, I've been blessed to be able to have Chris Gillibo on, Pam Slim, just very knowledgeable people about, you know, how they run their events and how they structure everything and put it together. And, you know, I think that in people's minds, they feel like it's this crazy, monstrous, like, thing that they can't, like, 
this mountain, right? They'd like look right. when they think about event, they're like, I got to literally like climb this mountain. And it's, it can be that, but it doesn't have to be that. It's a lot easier than people think. And you don't have to hire, you know, you don't have to go out and spend five grand to hire somebody who's going to do, who's going to organize it for you. You can start small. Like I said, you can start with a team, start small by prototyping, seeing if there's a demand and then scale it up from there. I think the biggest thing is that it's easier than people think. And the most powerful thing I think you can do right now in this day and age is to have a community surrounded around anything that you're doing. And that's really one of the things that events can do. It, it, people, it's just not the same. It's unmatched to anything that I've seen, like in terms of building a community and connecting with people. I mean, you can Skype all day, you can podcast all day, you can get on the phone, but when you're face-to-face, that's where real relationships are built in the hallways of these events. So, Man, no doubt. I can testify to that. I mean, we did the small event this weekend, Podcast Florida, and, and Lou Mangello from Walt Disney World Radio and I, we put that together and... We were wondering, Vernon, you know, are we, are we going to be able to get 20 people to this thing? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it, <laughs> we had to just put our necks out there, try our best. And the ultimate results, we had over 70 people nice. that came to a one day event. We had over 70 podcasters come to a small state wide podcasting event. And it was it was so encouraging. And it, but it was exactly what you described. It was just being willing to try something different, being willing to put it out there, being willing to get the word out the best we could within reason. And then we had that result. So I think that hopefully is a proof of concept to anybody who's listening to this saying, can I put on an event? Should I put on an event? Definitely consider listening to Vernon's podcast, Event Supremacy. And you know, don't be afraid to, like you said, start small and maybe have a collaboration with other folks and put it out there and, and you might be surprised. And small isn't bad, Jared. I think people have this notion that like, if you do an event and there's not 300 people in the room, that it's a failure. It's not. Like Those people are going to love you. Like these 12 people that we had at our event, like they're like this, we had a guy come all the way from South Africa. We had a guy come all the way from Australia and they're like, literally like this changed my life. Like you have that. It's so much more of a special connection when there's less people in the room. And I think we have this notion that like it has to be a million people. It doesn't, it doesn't, you can always scale it up and think about how excited those 70 people that you guys had for the podcast mastermind, Jared, think about how excited those people are. Think about how many people that are going to go back and tell for the next event. And you're just, it's just compounding after that. Oh man. Well said. All right. So Vernon, uh, before I let you go real quick, you just recently had a chance to travel and to go away for a few weeks. How was your trip? Where did you go? What were some of the benefits of your trip? I went to Guatemala for a month and, uh, I'd say, the highlight was living in a country for another month. I've never really lived outside of the States. And uh, you kind of get to see things from a different perspective. It gives you really a greater appreciation for the things that we have. I mean, I came back with, you know, a higher sense of gratitude, one, to be able to do that, because most people only get two week vacations in this country if they're uh, corporately employed. And entrepreneurs, it's even harder for them to break away from their businesses. So uh, I was grateful to be able to do that and also grateful to just have this new appreciation for the things that I do have here. Uh, we live a pretty good life in America, man, compared to the rest of the world. No doubt. You know, Vernon, what, what's interesting about that is you, while you were taking that month sabbatical, and I'm sure it wasn't a sabbatical, you were still working. Yeah, I was working. But, <laughs> so, so, you know, taking that month of just kind of being in a different situation, different country, I actually reached out to you. You and I had a Skype call, and it was it felt to me like you're 
just sitting in your office in Orlando, but you're in Guatemala. So I think that the world is becoming a lot smaller. Is even though you're in Guatemala, you and I are talking like it's like it's an everyday thing. So I, I was I was uh, I don't know. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's there's sometimes the internet can get a little iffy, but uh, you know, if you're going to more developed parts of the world then uh, yeah, the world is flat, man. And it's, uh, especially with podcasting, I think we're all seeing that, you know, that when you have listeners in China and Fiji and Germany, like the world is really our platform when we're online. And I think that's a, it's a great way of kind of just putting that in perspective of what you just said. Vernon, let's, let's start to wrap up here. Who is doing something that interests you? Who is doing something that interests me right now? The guys that I'm working with, Lo Silva and Tanner Larson, they're pretty much my brothers now, but actually I started working with them this year and uh, I've, they've kind of taken me under their wing and let me do some of the back end stuff. I'm going to be managing their podcast coming up that they're launching this month. But they're really they're launching this whole outfit called Bill Gross Scale where it's uh, it's literally going to be training people how to take their business to the next level, scale it up and grow it up. They actually uh, were the ones that uh, I put on the event will help put on the event for that. We just had the 4K mastermind that I was just talking about. And what they're doing is extremely different than what I've seen from a lot of marketers in the past. You know, a lot of people just try to sell you their crap or they're just trying to shove stuff down your throat. But what they're really doing is they're opening up the doors to what they're really doing in their business. And they're giving people an inside look at, you know, how they're generating revenue, the products that they're creating. And it's so rare. It's so rare that you see that caliber of a person that is willing to not only give, but just to be like, hey, here's our business plan. This is exactly what we do. If you follow this to a T, you can make money too, you know? And, and I think I'm blessed. I feel blessed to be able to work with them. And uh, I'm looking forward to the whole Bill Gross Scale team. We have media buyers. We have guys that are, have been doing really good with t-shirts. Uh, podcasting, obviously, is going to be a big part of that. There's a whole lot of, um, a lot of stuff that's about to roll out. So I'm really excited to be working with them and they're really doing stuff that interests me, for sure. Where, where can people find them? You can find it at uh, BillGrowScale.com. Uh, that's the blog. Bill Gross Scale. Can you spell that? B-U-I-L-D-G-R-O-W. Oh, Build. Okay. S-C-A-L-E. Okay, cool. And then uh, let's talk about what's the best place for the listeners to learn more about you, Vern, and stay connected with what you're doing. I online. love Twitter, man, because it's kind of this direct relationship. So at Vernon Foster, that's V-E-R-N-O-N-F-O-S-T-E-R. Also, definitely check out the podcast, eventsupremacy.com. You can find it there. It's, I mean, 70, nearly 70 episodes of everything that you need. You can go and listen to every podcast. Well, you don't have to listen to everyone, and you'll have everything that you need to throw your own event. Also, uh, be on the lookout for a course that I'm dropping here. I'm putting together uh, actually an event course inspired by Jared Easley. <laughs> <laughs> I've been telling you to do this I know, for months. I know you have. <laughs> and then uh, I'm going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be doing some webinars on uh, monetization for podcasts. That's something that we've talked about in the past too. Uh, we've seen that a lot of sh- uh, podcasters are, you know, they're Maybe they're at that point where they want to build a business around their podcast or people that want a podcast, they want to make sure that it's, it's actually something that can generate some revenue for them. So the, I'm going to be talking about that. And that can be found at authoritypodcastformula.com. Authoritypodcastformula.com. Man, Vernon, this is awesome. I'm gonna, I might be one of your biggest affiliates for your <laughs> course. I'm serious. Okay. I tell everybody, I was like, dude, Vernon Foster. Did I mention Vernon Foster? 
So yeah, I have no shame in uh, spreading the love on that one. Hey, uh, last question is, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? Ah, uh, man. So we're coming up on the, this is coming out in December, right? This will be on December. Yeah, coming out. So we're going into the new year, man. I'd say take some time. Chris Guillebeau does something that I love. And I started doing this back in 2000, and I think 11. And he does this thing called the annual review. And he goes back and he looks at his goals and he breaks down, hey, did I accomplish this? Did I not accomplish this? And the reason why, you know, he, he kind of just does this really, this analysis of the last past 12 months. Was he able to hit his goals, things that he was looking forward to, things that he didn't do? And I think it's extremely important for us to take time to be aware of the things that we, we've accomplished and where we want to be. So I'd recommend that everyone go to his site and check that out. I think you can get it too if you opt in his email list. But I, I think it's an extremely powerful exercise. to, to well, One, because you're grateful for what you've accomplished, which a lot of times we often overlook because we're, we're always working so hard and we don't take the time to pat ourselves on the back. And two, it gives you a roadmap for where you want to be going into 2015, which is going to be a huge year. Man, no doubt, Vernon. You've set some pretty big goals and to see your progress over this last year has just fired me up, brother. So I appreciate the example and the motivation that you give to me indirectly. And yeah, I appreciate your friendship. So hopefully people go check out Event Supremacy and uh, look forward to some of the other courses and webinars you have coming up. Best wishes to you and Merry Christmas to you and the family, man. Thanks, Jared. Likewise, my brother. If you can get certain key people involved to talk about your event, to speak at your event, that's always a great way. Building an email list. A lot of people may not be familiar with email marketing, but you know you can go to AWeber, you can go to Constant Contact. A lot of these places have resources where you can really dig in and see what it takes to build an email list. 